It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into the show. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yow, joined by Mo Patton, J.P. Plant. Super excited to be with you here on this Monday morning as we are getting ready to have some Big week in high school action, and we talked about all of that in the first hour. If you missed any part of it, make sure to check out the uh, the podcast. You can find it on our website, sm-tnsports.com, or wherever you get your podcast. Just search sm-tnsports today. I guess the first hour will be prep sports today, sm-tn prep sports today. Definitely check that out. And you can hear all of the latest in high school sports news in southern middle Tennessee. Now, as we do on Mondays each and every week, we are joined by our friend Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Uh-oh. Happy birthday. Is that a little Stevie Wonder there? That is Stevie Wonder. Good deal. That's always not, I, I try not to play the the typical uh, happy birthday song when when Stevie Wonder's available. You definitely pick Stevie, right? I mean, and the, Beatles, the Beatles version is good too. So there you go. Oh, we'll remember that go. for next year. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> oh man, um, Chip is brought to you by the law office of Blake Kelly. Make sure to uh, find Blake on Facebook or on Instagram. He is specializing in accident injury law across the mid-state, or you can just give him a call at 615-305-4539. Ah, he said, no, ah, there we go. next year, who needs next year? Yeah, there we that's go. Right. Next minute, that's what it was. That's what uh, you meant. Hey, he's, that, well, that's why JP makes, makes the big bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, you, you've cheated death another year, Chip. That's so correct. said. Congratulations! That's right. It's, we're, it's, just, it's a struggle. We're, we're proud of we're you. All, we're, we're, we're all day to day, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chip! Um, hoops. Tough weekend. Tough, tough weekend for for the men on the road. Less tough for the women at home. But a little surprising for them as well. You're right, um, men. Uh, you know. They, one of the things they have they have suffered with this year, is is they have uh, had numerous games where they would have extended droughts, offensive droughts, and unable to score. And Friday night we had uh, that was that was the case with about a six or seven minute drought. Uh, in the ball game, Middle played really well. Had the lead in the first ten minutes. Played extremely well in the final ten minutes. Had it to four with just over a minute to go, and uh, turned the ball over and gave up a basket on the other end, which kind of took them out of it at that time. But had a, a, a you know a, a really tough uh, middle twenty minutes, and the. And the issues were, I mean, were, were number one. They they had the, a long offensive drought, but 
being able to defend the basketball. And uh, Old Dominion is very, very well coached. Jeff Jones has been there a good long time and has done a great job. And, boy, they just they sent uh, – I mean, they just did a really good job of spreading middle out and and driving. And uh, if you look at the numbers off the box score for both games, the amount of points in the paint that that uh, Old Dominion scored. Well, Friday night they had a huge amount of points off turnovers, and then had a big amount of points in the paint. Um, and it was and the thing is, those points in the paint both days, Friday and Saturday, were not necessarily from post players. It is. It came from spreading the floor and guards driving their defender to the basket, and and so though I, I could tell in, in in Coach McDevitt's voice after the game on Saturday that you know he was really uh, ticked about their their defensive effort there because the points in the paint went even up more on Saturday, and even though the the uh, the turnover numbers came down. But, uh, you know, th- that's just something that has been a, a bugaboo uh, all-, all year long uh, is-, is the inability to-, to be able to score on a uh, like they want to. And-, and the thing is, Old Dominion's not a great score. They're a very methodical offensive team. They averaged about 63 a game, that kind of deal. So you should be right in that, uh, playing more of a half-court style. It's much, much contrast after the last outing which was two weeks ago uh, against Marshall. So totally different kind of preparation. And uh, now we're down to the last regular season weekend, uh, travel to FAU, and uh, for a makeup of the first series of the year, which was going to be New Year's weekend. And so Middles men are going to end up playing six straight road games before the conference tournament. And, you know, it, it you know, and the the one weekend you get snowed out happens to be a home weekend where you're going to play Louisiana Tech, and it you know it uh, knocks your uh, uh, knocks your uh, your senior day out and all that kind of stuff. But you know they they're 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 continuing to to move along, and uh, we'll be in the conference tournament. Do and the, uh, we do know that, and it looked like they were going to make it anyway. But the conference tournament uh, is now going to feature all 14 teams instead of 12 and uh and they have added uh what's basically a play-in game on tuesday night between the six and seven seeds in each division now on the women's side the lady raiders uh i think were kind of stunned on friday night got upset got knocked out and beaten by 17 by really uh by an old dominion team that has they've had very old dominion's women have been the women's version of middles men this year they have you know improved their talent level but they could never get them all there at the same time they finally got everybody back and had practiced for a couple of weeks with their whole team back came into murphy center and and won by 17 on friday night and then had the game in hand on saturday uh and were up seven in the fourth quarter uh before middle uh, made a comeback and and uh and able to grab the win by four uh, on on Saturday, and 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 that they're getting close to locking up the the Eastern Division Championship. They'll have uh, the women will have Marshall coming in this weekend to uh, make up a lost series from three weeks ago, 
And so that, that's, that's what the conference had. They left this coming weekend open for just this type of situation, not knowing who would lose what. The Louisiana Tech games for both the men and women are just not going to be played. So that's where you, when you start looking at the, at the uh, conference standings on both sides, it's, you know, there's, there's so many different game totals that have been played by different schools some will end up playing 18. Uh, Middle is going to end up, assuming we get everything played this weekend, will play 16 games in conference. And uh, others, well, I think 12 is the least that somebody will play, but there have been some teams that have just really had some tough luck on that. So that's why it's all coming down to winning percentage mm-hmm. in the uh, – in the uh, and, and you don't even really need to look – at the win-loss column, you just look go right straight to winning percentage, and that's where it is right now. A streak stopped for Anastasia Hayes this weekend as she um, fell short of the 20-point mark in Saturday's win. I think she finished with 18. Is that right, in that 74-7 victory? I, th- I think that is correct. Uh, in, uh, in, so, yeah, but... She's still the bell cow, no question about that, <laughs> and uh, and and right there in in the in with the nation's leading scores, she is on every watch list that uh, that there is, and uh, so you know, and and you know, it was one of those things where her, yeah, her numbers went down, but the the team got a win, and uh, and uh, yeah, you like to have those those streaks going, but you know, you do what you do to get the victory uh, in in the end. So they're they're in, they're in good shape right now. Uh on the women's side, they have a uh their winning percentage is 786, Charlotte is 667, and Charlotte has only played 12 games. Middles played 14 with two to play. So uh so they they're in pretty good shape. Uh, I think even if they get a at worst get a split at home with Marshall, they'll wrap up the East. Okay. All right. Um, tough month for the Lady Raiders. I think they won their first game of the month and their last game of the month. They lost in between there, along with as you said that um, that cancellation against Louisiana Tech. So they went a while without playing and went into that you know dead period on a loss, <laughs> lost a game coming out of it before they got themselves righted, but like you said, in pretty good shape going into this weekend as Marshall comes to town. Yeah, they got off to a really good start back in January and and built a big lead in in the conference, and not that they're coasting in by any stretch of the imagination, but, but gave themselves, you know, uh, a, a little more than – than than a razor's edge, as far as uh, you know, any room for for any uh, any stumbles along the way, but uh, yeah, they're 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 in good shape, and you know, one of the things that uh, and I think they would be, you know, considered uh, the favorite or one of a couple of favorites going into the conference tournament down in Frisco, uh, you know, both men and women, uh, you know, the men's have. Men is going to have their bubble in Indiana around Indianapolis, and the women is in San Antonio for the tournament. The uh, the uh, protocol is if you uh, if you win your conference tournament, 
you do not go home. You just you stay, uh, like our women would stay in Frisco, or uh, if they win the tournament, or or the guys if they got hot, whatever. But the women, obviously, with a much better opportunity, they would either stay in Frisco for an extra day or so, or would move on directly to San Antonio and uh, and get in the bubble there. But uh, but that, that's part of the NCAA protocols. You could be gone for, uh, I mean, you could be gone for a month. You know, if, if you, let's say you make a, whatever teams make the final four, they're going to be gone for a conference tournament week, then first round, first and second round week, uh, region semis and finals week, and then final four weeks. So you, you could be gone for four straight weeks and, and, uh, so pack accordingly, <laughs> you know, and, and I would say, oh, poor babies, they get to spend yeah. some extra time in San Antonio. But I mean, it's not like you're going to be hanging out down at the Riverwalk either. So that's correct. Yeah. I mean, it could be anywhere, but San Antonio is a good host city for for that. Uh, and, you know, I think the NCAA picked two really good cities to we've got to do what we've got to do. Those are those are two pretty good cities that can handle it. Now, <laughs> what happens if you're in at large? Then, well, that's that's a good case. That, that's a good if you. I, I think you uh, if if you feel like I mean, and I think all the school they're probably. I'm guessing that the committees are going to be open, probably more open with schools this year than mm. any other, simply because of what you're talking about right now. Conference USA. Uh, Talking to, I was talking to Diane uh, Turnham, who was chair of the uh, women's basketball committee last year, and and she was chair of the tournament that never happened. Um, that she feels like that conference USA's representative is going to have to win the tournament. That there's not going to be an opportunity for an at large this year. Mm. And on the men's side, you know, the best opportunity was going to be for Western Kentucky. And that probably went away. Uh, you know, they 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 rolled the dice, played that played the game against Houston last Thursday to try to up their net, and and it was a good net game for both teams actually. And uh, and I haven't looked to see where they they are, but again, you know, it is if you are an at large team, or or if you feel like you have a great shot of being an at large team. For the guys, the good thing is you're only having to wait one extra day because if you're there, if you make it to the finals, then, you know, the selection is the next day on Sunday. For the women, that selection is not made till Monday. So that's that's kind of why I think that the committees are going to be, you know, more open with, their, with the conference, at least probably to the conference level mm-hmm. of, you know, who does and who does not have a chance uh, at a – at a at an at large bid, so that's just a you know, it's just part of you know again what we're dealing with, and uh, as we as we uh, come up quickly on the 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 anniversary of of all of this. Shifting gears just a second, Chip. Um, hoops isn't the only thing going on on campus over there this week. No, it's a little bit of everything. Softball's been down in Montgomery again, and they have gone south now. Or, or, well, they were supposed to have gone for three weeks in a row, but they were snowed and iced out uh, two weeks ago. 
and, and but baseball has opened the season. They were supposed to have been eight straight home games. Uh, they lost one of the games uh, the opening weekend, uh, but have played seven uh, straight home games. And uh, and uh, you, as a, a media member, uh, would uh, love the fact that uh, all, none of the seven have started on the date or time that they were originally scheduled for. But they have gotten all seven games in, and this past weekend had two games that were actually moved from 2, from two o'clock on Saturday to 11 a.m. on Saturday and 1 o'clock on Sunday back to 11 a.m. trying to find a window. And I'll tell you, I would have bet you a dollar to a donut hole that they would not have gotten all three games in this weekend, but they got all three games in, and really yesterday's game had a little bit of light drizzle, and that was the only game that had any rain whatsoever. But uh, the uh, Blue Raiders swept Bowling Green uh, State over the weekend out of the Mid-American Conference and got strong, strong pitching. Uh, The Blue Raider pitching staff got 40 strikeouts in 27 innings over the weekend. So that's, you know, and, and, and very, very few walks. And Aaron Brown has been the, the bell cow so far, kid out of Mount Juliet. But uh, there's a, they've used a lot of pitching because they played seven games in seven days starting last Monday. And uh, right now off to a five and two start. Peyton Wigginton from Page getting the win on Sunday, the um, the seven nothing victory, I believe it was, going six innings, striking out six, and former Spring Hill standout Bryson Thomas with a solo shot in that one as well. Um, a lot of local yep. flavor in this one. Both Briggs Rudder and Bryce Simlar came into the game late for MTSU in that one. Briggs from Zion and and Bryce from Columbia Central. So. Um, a lot of locals. Jaden Ham also from, uh, from grew up Central. in Cullioca, but went to Central, and uh, he he is he he has uh, pitched twice already uh, in in uh, in relief. Uh, so so yeah, and Bryson actually I think pitched an inning the other day too. So he's he's a two way guy, and uh, and which makes him very valuable to the roster when they have to cut it down to go uh, into conference play. Talk more about that. Because I wasn't aware. <laughs> well, I mean, they typically. I mean, the, the the deal is the rosters have been expanded this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, you could you could uh, put. It used to be thirty five. They expanded it to forty. But then once you get into conference play, they 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 knock your travel number down to it was like twenty seven. I think okay. uh, last you know in last year well this year it's going to be in the mid 30s but still not you're not going to travel everybody that's on your roster right now because they do have a travel number and that's what i'm talking about right there uh the uh the but the reason they're that number is still going to be up a little bit more than last year is you are going to be playing four game series this season instead of three nine innings you're going to play two nines and two sevens. You're going to play a doubleheader with two sevens uh, sandwiched in between two nine-inning single games. So you're going to go from playing, you know, 27 innings to 32 innings over the span of three days. And so they're allowing that uh, the extra few spots to uh, take additional pitching on the road with you. 
or or at home, you know, just because both teams will have the same number of folks dressed out. Okay. Mr. Yao? Sounds like you've had sounds like you've had a uh, an, an eventful weekend. I was going to ask you about baseball, but uh, most on my thunder, so it's okay. Sorry, I do have I one question, you, uh, though. Yeah. Uh, ha, have you ever seen back-to-back balks <laughs> before? Well, uh, that was yes. a very uh, odd situation. <laughs> that was a very odd situation. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, I was, that's, you, that's one way to get a runner from first to third. Yeah. <laughs> 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 very odd, very odd. But yeah, so I, was, uh, I tell you, I was I was there. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to, and I'm not, I'm not sure what he was doing. But, uh, but neither he, was he. Know, he. He obviously did something <laughs> that, that was that uh, got uh, an umpire's attention. And uh, and you're right, back to back on back to back pitches. So yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> want to hey, do want to send a shout out to. Uh, to my my Central High School classmate, class of 1981, Vance Ballou. Vance uh, uh, had been in the hospital and uh, just got got word this morning from uh, from Paula that uh, that things are he is home and he, is he home? actually said that uh, he is home. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so that's good news. He's out of the hospital doing well. So okay. good news for Cat. <laughs> I love that Cat Ballou. I, I, that that one sneaks that up Jim on Cartwright you. Jim Cartwright gave him that name. <laughs> well, that, as you could, yes, that, 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 that's not a stretch at all. No, though, that no, Cartwright that gave folks nicknames. That makes all the sense in the world, right there. Yeah, yep, yeah. Well, that's good uh, news, Chip. Way to um, way to leave us. Try to end things on a good note. Absolutely, yeah. Chip Walters on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. He's brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly. Blake specializes in accident and injury law. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. Or you can call him at 615-305-4539. Chip, thank you, sir. Appreciate it, fellas. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. I guess... uh, We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we've got um, college hoops, more college hoops on the way, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, maybe some women's stuff, all that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Local high school sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo, Pat, and J.P. Plant with you here. Plenty to talk about here in the last half hour of the show. But um, Mo, want to just throw this out there because it appears, and it looks like about an hour ago, the announcement was made that we expected to come down 
um, <clears throat> but we weren't 100% sure it would uh, after the loss in the Blue Cross Bowl. But it appears Vic Grider has officially retired from South Pittsburgh football. Hmm. Okay. All right. So. Yeah. Um, the end of an era again at South Pittsburgh as he's stepping away from that <laughs> program for a second time. Um, so um, I, I'm assuming that you saw that as you were perusing Twitter as we usually do. <laughs> <laughs> I did. South Pittsburgh's official football Twitter account posted it. So 22 seasons, 14 region titles, three-time state runner-up, three-time state champion, and an overall record of 232-54. and 54. It's not bad. Uh, I'm sure that he didn't quite go out the way he would have liked to have gone out, losing to Fayetteville in the um, state championship game, and that being his last game. But you, you don't always get to decide how you leave. There's that, but uh, I just thought heck that of was a career to get that out there. Oh, absolutely, heck of a career, heck of a career. and I'm I'm sure we won't be the last or the only ones to mention it. But um, congratulations to him, like you said, 22 seasons. That's um, he's he's definitely got a full resume. Absolutely, no question there. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the best you'll find in this in the southeastern United States, no doubt. Uh, yeah. Maybe across the country. Um, as we talk about resumes, uh, <laughs> Bruce Pearl has a heck of a resume against Tennessee. <laughs> the former Vols coach has now defeated his former team six consecutive times as the head coach down at Auburn. That's if you can't, just, if you can't join them, beat them. Is that is that the way that one works? And that's. It's unfortunate because I mean any any Tennessee fan will tell you that without his lying about a barbecue he'd probably <laughs> he would definitely still be there. Oh yeah. And and Tennessee may have been in the national championship hunt the last couple of years. I mean that's that's how much respect Tennessee fans have for Bruce Pearl and obviously when you know, you get beat by him six times in a row. You can't do have anything but respect for a guy, right? Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's a tough situation all the way around. Like you said, I mean the lie about the barbecue expedited his departure. Um, there have been a handful of changes since then. Rick Barnes has certainly stabilized things, taken them to you know some heights that. I don't think we're expected when he came in, but I tell you this: this this <laughs> stretch that they are on right now is frustrating to say the least. If you're a UT basketball fan, yeah, I mean, if if Vanderbilt isn't missing their three best players, <laughs> I don't think Tennessee wins that game. Well, and and then Vanderbilt turns around without said players and beats a pretty good old Miss team over the weekend. And, you know, there was much made on social media about, you know, the one-game snapshot of UT's inconsistency on offense and Vanderbilt's ability to beat a team, uh, again, a NCAA tournament hopeful team without its three biggest offensive threats. And, you know, as, as you used to say in your high school English class, a lot of compare and contrast right there. Well, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about Vanderbilt because 
in in when when you really look at this team, a lot of people have been giving Jerry Stackhouse a lot of flack. Okay, <clears throat> this is a team that was it two years ago didn't win an SEC game. Mm-hmm. Okay, not only have they beaten South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss in the last, you know, I know they're three and seven over their last ten, but those seven losses outside of a 20-point loss to Tennessee, you're you know, a seven-point loss at Florida, a three-point loss at Georgia, a six-point loss against Auburn, a four-point loss against Alabama and Kentucky, mm-hmm. and then the, the Tennessee loss as well. This is a team that is making a lot of improvements and will only get better uh, as Stackhouse uh, sticks around, I think. They're, they're definitely – they're trending in the right direction. I mean, um, no doubt. You you don't want to get into moral victories, obviously, but but yeah, we we talked. What, what is that? JP said. JP said Vanderbilt's the they specialize in moral, in moral victories. victories. Yeah, and he's <laughs> don't take that away from us. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, we had y'all Rex Road from the Athletic on um, last week, and and we talked a little bit about this, and yeah. I, I just don't think, for whatever reason, I got my theories, but for whatever reason, Stack's not getting enough credit for where this program was and where this program is. And a lot of people want to point to his recruiting, but as he pointed out so famously in a, in an article by Joe Rexrode, you know, you look at the recruiting that took place in, under the previous regime. And you've got a team that did not win an SEC game, you know, three years ago. So what did that get you exactly? So, yeah, I think I think if you're an SEC fan, and I'm going to speak for JP just a second, I think you've got to like the direction this team is going in right now. You know, results, ultimate results aside. I love when Vanderbilt basketball is good because Memorial Gymnasium – is in a typical year just mm-hmm. a lot of it's a lot of fun to watch a basketball game there when when Vanderbilt is good at basketball man I so. was I was there when they beat number one Florida I was there when they beat number one Tennessee um I was there when Shane Foster scored 42 against Mississippi State on senior night and when that place is rocking there aren't a whole lot of places that compare to it so, the, so definitely, you know, definitely trending in the right direction, as you said, seven and thirteen on the year, but a lot of a lot of moral victories. I mean, when you're you know you lose the number eight team in the country by four on the road. Uh, I mean, got a couple chances to to get a couple more big wins. I mean, you got LSU uh, tomorrow night, and then at Ole Miss, I believe that is Saturday. LSU coming so, off a tough loss to Arkansas as well, so um, they they, is, they they might be a little wounded. Very well, could be. I mean, it's just it's it's impressive what he what Jerry Stackhouse has been able to do in such a short period of time. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I'm impressed with him. And meanwhile, um, this UT team, yeah, well, uh, and as schizophrenic as anyone. <laughs> And the hit.
history of college basketball, I think. I mean, when you're talking, you know, you get wins over Kentucky and Georgia, and then you you take a 15-point loss to Kentucky. Not two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And then go down to Auburn. They're not nearly as good as they have been in, in the past couple of years. Missing but, a key piece, though, in Sharif Cooper. Yes, but again, uh, they didn't have Sharif Cooper. Auburn hadn't, didn't have him for half the season. I mean, Cooper was – he didn't show up till the Alabama game um, about – I think it was midway through January. So that's not a team that hasn't played without Cooper, I guess. That being said, he's obviously their – their best player. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's a road game in the SEC, and it's Bruce Pearl, and it's just uh, sometimes there's a mental block. You know, that's just how it goes. So Tennessee's got Florida. I think uh, that game is on Sunday, I believe, which is hmm. an odd uh, sun, Sunday at home. Must uh, be a CBS game. Tip. It's 11 a.m. tip, so yeah. Um. They really need to get a win before going into the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and one over Florida is definitely going to make you feel good. So. Yeah. Yeah, but they – um, at this point, however they go into the tournament, I think it's still going to be a little disappointing just from the standpoint that it feels like they left a lot on the table this year. Now, basketball is a tournament game. That's they win, they win the SEC tournament. They are a, they somehow play their way into a top four seed in the NCAA's, and maybe some of this is forgiven. Maybe some people still think, "What if?" You know, but yeah, you know, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. I guess so. Maybe that's maybe that's the way to stand down on this one. Yeah, I mean there there is a lot of basketball to be played, and like you said, a lot of tournaments to be played. That's the most important thing to 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 think about. I mean. It's all zero zero once that tournament starts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they you don't want to believe that, but that's just the way it is. Um, that I guess that starts next Wednesday, the tournament at Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, because the women starts tomorrow. No, Wednesday at um, Greenville, and I was looking on the SEC Sports website for the women's bracket, and uh, let's see. And I think it just Good went luck. up. Nope. Nope. It's not there. <laughs> and I got I got a flag. Penalty, you've requested a page that cannot be found. Yeah. I'm, well, I, I know that Tennessee plays Arkansas in the first round. What is Tennessee? That's what I was looking for. What are they seeded? Are they the three? They are the three seed. Okay. All right. Cause they, um, but they got to play the six Arkansas in, in the first round of the quarterfinals, that's that's tough because that's Arkansas yeah. made like nineteen threes, was it, over against Alabama on the week over the weekend? Jeez. They set a record for <laughs> most three pointers in a game, and then Tennessee's got to turn around and play them. So, well, they've got right. they've got a little momentum going. They won at Miz, at Missouri on Thursday night, and they defeated Auburn yesterday on Senior Night, and um, scored seventy eight points at Missouri. Scored 88 yesterday, so um, which is, you know, a bit of an improvement. But I guess you got to also look at who they did it against. So Arkansas, like you said, will provide quite the challenge on both ends of the floor 
for the Lady Vols. Yes, yes, they will. Um, all right, so I guess we need to take a quick break. By the way, Mo, I found the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament um, <clears throat> on their homepage on the right hand side under headlines. You can re- you can actually look at the program. Uh, so there's that. Okay. All right. Uh, I say Tennessee will play Arkansas. Tennessee plays the winner of Arkansas Ole Miss. Tennessee which will I play assume. Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. But at least they get a bite of the quarterfinals. So there's, you know, you're a top three, top four seed, you get a bite of the quarterfinals. But yeah, so that is available on the SECsports.com website. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will finish up the show. Uh, talk about the Preds and Braves, all that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit PatioWest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into the show. Final segment of this Monday. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's uh, it's going to be a good Monday, Mo, as we have plenty of high school hoops to talk about uh, tomorrow and uh, to watch tonight. Where are you going to be at tonight? I am going to the Columbia Central Blackman doubleheader tonight over in Murfreesboro. That sounds like fun. I mean, it's it's just it's intriguing. It's intriguing in that how many points is enough for Central? Um, Not seventy-five. Well, it you know it's just it's a very talented team offensively that you know they can score in transition, but. In the half court, and I'm not telling anybody that's watching them anything they don't know. Um, struggle a little bit in the half court, um, and would probably struggle even more if not for freshman Jordan Davis. So, um, should be an interesting matchup. Um, there are some other good ones tonight as we ran through them in the in the rundown. Um, we'll certainly be trying to keep up with Joe Burns at Richland and. Hampshire at Houston County in the Region Five A girls semifinals, and um, I'm not I'm not sure if they'll allow. Uh, I'm not sure how it works for um, for school Facebook pages, but hopefully Richland will be able to uh, to stream that game tonight. I'd like to watch it. Maybe you should just call somebody that. and see if they can just put it on um, FaceTime for you or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That'll work. Maybe a FaceTime and a and a and a camera situated on the book, so I know who scored. Yeah, yeah. There It'd you be go. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> Speaking of scoring, I have a. I don't know if you got to see this. Did you happen to watch the Preds 
uh, Blue Jackets any highlights or anything from it last I did, night? I did not. I did not see highlights. I was I was shocked so, to see that they won. But. About a minute, about a minute and a half to go in the game. Preds are up two one. Uh, Kevin Walla gets a breakaway, scores, goes up three one, and then there's like a little scuffle. <laughs> Like, I don't know what was said. I don't know what happened. Somebody said something about somebody's mama, huh? Is that it? I don't know what happened. All I know is it was it, it was like guys are getting beat by two goals. Like why are we? Why are you upset right now? Like you, it, it was just so weird. So anyway, I thought it was funny. Um, Preds did get that sweep though that we talked about in that in their third and final chance. Yeah, uh, went four and two over the last six where uh, against the the other. Cellar dwellers. I say. I mean, Blue Jackets were in the middle of the of the division. They weren't really a cellar dweller, but split with the Red Wings, who are the cellar dweller. And with and, that, uh, and, and with that said, you know, we we said that they needed to finish over five hundred over this six games to to really force a decision as to whether they're buyers or sellers. But I'm telling you, the way they went about getting to four and two reminds me of my old math teacher. Show your work. I'm I'm just not I'm not sold on this team. I'm not sold on this team. No. You know, we talked to Teresa Walker from the Associated Press last week um about this team and where it stands. She was she was definite that they need to be sellers and need to be they need you to know, be sellers looking of their head coach. To, well, not necessarily their head coach. They might need to go a little higher. But um you that know, too. Re- retooling this team, tweaking this team may not be the way to go. And and I'm, you know, I'm inclined think, to agree with her at this point. I don't think that being a you can. I don't think you can be a buyer or a seller at any point until you decide to make a change up top. Because at that point, you you don't want your a guy who is probably your outgoing GM making a bunch of decisions for your future, right? Hey, yeah, yeah. So, I think you got to make that decision first. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. And and you know, I I, I just don't think this team, as constructed, is a postseason team. If they are, they're a first round out. I'm not sure what changes you could make with this team to prevent that from being the case. And as you said, you know, you you certainly don't want a GM who may not be around past this year making decisions that are going to affect that future. So, you know, maybe is, maybe the Preds just play this year out, then make those moves at the top and go from there. Yeah, I mean, and this is a weird year anyway. It's it's kind of an, an awkward year. It's, it's a year that you can get away with just leaving it be, letting it play out. I think this is odd, though. The Blue Jackets, who are on a five-game losing streak, by the way, their last one was against the Preds. Um, mm. <laughs> they have two fewer wins than, than Nashville, but yet still ahead of them in the standings. That's how weird this year is. Uh, <laughs> the Blue Jackets have five overtime losses, which give them an extra point. You know, the thing so. is, though, as weird as this year is, I think – Preds fans expected more from this team than they've gotten. Oh. And so while a weird year would serve as not necessarily an excuse, but sort of a, 
okay, we'll roll with this. I don't think this team is getting that benefit of the doubt just because they have been so god-awful at times. Oh, there's no doubt whatsoever. They, they're definitely not getting the benefit of the doubt. Not for me, anyway. So uh, I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just, let's just move on and be done with it. That's the way I feel. So Yeah, yeah. What we can do is we can move on and be done with the Preds because <laughs> baseball season has started. The Braves lost yesterday, but that's okay. That is Today, okay. They get, a, they get a chance to to redeem themselves on MLB Network. Uh, anybody who has T-Mobile, give me a call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the The lineup for today, Mo. I got to throw this out there because it's this is an interesting one. Uh, you've got leading off playing right field is Ronald Acuna Jr. Of course, at second base you have Ozzy Albies. First base, Jake Lamb, shortstop, and cleanup. Johan Camargo. <laughs> uh, I, I like a, I uh, like a cleanup hitting shortstop. <laughs> this is very odd, but okay. Uh, Philip Irvin will play in left field and bat fifth. William Contreras at, behind the plate in sixth. Uh, Christian Pache at center field in seventh hole. Uh, Adrianza is playing third base. That's what you and then Braden Shoemake is going to be uh, the DH, while Enoa and Tuki will get some action today. Enoa will start, and Tuki will throw at some point. So this is an interesting lineup because I'm surprised to even see Adrianza in the lineup with as many third basemen as we have, right? Well, you've got one third baseman playing first. You've got another third right? baseman playing short. Uh like you, what's the you, deal here? You, you couldn't had, put you, Pablo here. You had eight. Th- well, Pablo played first yesterday. Oh, Tampa that's what it Bay. was. Okay, and um, and Austin and Riley, clean up, right? Yeah, yes. And then Austin Riley played yesterday in that Tampa Bay in that loss that you that nine seven loss uh, on an eighty seven degree day. Thank you, David O'Brien, for for taunting Sheesh. us with that one. Yeah, yeah. So. But, um, you know, it's tough. I'm not going to get wrapped up in results in spring training. Obviously, um, a lot of folks hammering Kyle Wright on social media for only going um, one and a third, giving up four hits, three runs, and a walk in that game against Tampa Bay yesterday. I, I don't know what you win in spring training. But um, regardless, there's that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Is there a spring training Cy Young or something? You would like to see him be a little more dominant against that type of uh, of competition. His first time out, I'm not going to be too worried about it. uh, Sure, I don't disagree. Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because we're done. (laughs) We. We are fine. We're going to be out of here, uh, but uh, the Braves do play today, and you can – I don't know if you can hear that on 137 or not, uh, but they're on uh, MLB Network, so there you go. Um, <clears throat> if you missed any part of today's show, make sure to check out the podcast, SM-TN Sports Today, SM-TN Prep Sports Today, either one of those. Uh, check SM-TNSports.com for all of the um, coverage for tonight's ball games and more. And, of course, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., we'll be right here on WKOM 1017 FM for 
our producer, JP Plant, and Mo Patton. I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. <laughs>